Now I say that Jesus Christ was a minister of the circumcision for the truth of God, to confirm the promises made to the fathers, and that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy, as it is written, For this cause I will confess to thee among the Gentiles, and sing unto thy name. And again he saith, Rejoice, you Gentiles, with these people. And again, Praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and Lord him, all you nations. And again Isaiah saith, There shall be a root out of Jesse, and he that shall rise to reign over the Gentiles, in him shall the Gentiles trust. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Welcome to the Unchanging Word Bible Study. Our teacher is Dr. John G. Mitchell. I'm after your hearts, not your heads, is a refrain often heard by college students in Dr. Mitchell's Bible classes. In his own words, his goal was to help you fall in love with the Savior, and his teachings always tended to fill your mind with the Lord Jesus Christ. He was also a pioneer radio speaker. He was heard live every weekday on radio stations in the Northwest. But by the grace of God, we can still benefit from the ministry and teaching of Dr. John G. Mitchell. The truth in God's Word was, is, and always will be true. God never changes. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Life begins at Calvary, there my Savior died. He took my place and by His grace came with me to The Unchanging Word broadcast continues in Romans chapter 15, verses 13 through 14 for our lesson today. And we want to thank you, each one, who listens in each day to these studies in the Unchanging Word. And we pray that these lessons by the late Dr. Mitchell will strengthen your faith in our beloved Lord and Savior and that you may experience and know His love, especially for you. Well, in our study today, Dr. Mitchell looks at what the Apostle Paul writes in Romans 15 about the God of patience and comfort, the God of hope, the God of all peace, the God of all grace, and the everlasting, eternal God. And Dr. Mitchell states that the foundation of the fellowship of God's people is anchored in the person of God himself, in the person of Jesus Christ. Well, turn with us. To Romans chapter 15, verse 13, here is our study today with Dr. Mitchell. Thank you. Good day, friends. We again come to you with studies in the book of Romans. We've been discussing quite a bit in the last two or three lessons concerning the blessing of God upon the Gentiles, so that Gentiles and Jews may together glorify God. All the barriers between Jew and Gentile have been broken down. Do not forget that for 1,500 years, Israel was separated from the nations of the earth, and hence they had nothing to do with Gentiles. In fact, when our Lord came, in Matthew chapter 15, you remember, he came to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. He came to confirm the promises made to the fathers. But after the resurrection of Christ, 
after he completed his work of redemption and was raised from the dead, all barriers between Jew and Gentile have been broken down. You find this in the book of Ephesians chapter 2, verses 14 through 17. All barriers have been broken so that now, irrespective of what your country or culture may be, if you've taken Christ as Savior, you belong to the people of God, to the church of Christ. And together, we can glorify God for his mercy. After all, every one of us are the objects of the mercy of God. Remember Romans 11:32 says, God hath concluded all, Jew and Gentile, in unbelief. For what purpose? That he might have mercy upon all. And we do thank the Lord for the mercy of God, which has made provision whereby any man, Jew or Gentile, can come through Jesus Christ and experience that mercy and enjoy the love of God which passeth the understanding of men. Now when we come to chapter 15, we've been discussing together that the God of hope has filled us with all joy and peace in believing that we may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, before I go any further, I would like to go back a little wee bit and take up the source of Christian fellowship, which is God himself. He must be the center of all our fellowship, not some organization, not some doctrine, and I'm a stickler for doctrine, but the person of God must be the center of our gathering. And Paul here is pleading for both Jews and Gentiles, who are both going to be blessed through Christ, should together glorify God. And as I say again, he must be the center of our affection, our devotion, the object of our faith, but also the center of our fellowship. If Christ is not the center of our fellowship, then we're just going through another religious service. Now notice the the titles that that we have here, for example, in Romans chapter 15. Let's go down to verse 5 again. Now, the God of patience and consolation grant you to be like-minded one toward another according to Christ Jesus. Here he's called the God of all patience. Now, why does he call us that? Why is he called that? Because of our need for endurance. He is patient with us. He's patient with us, with each individual one of us. Hence, hence, in a practical way, we ought to be patient one with another. You remember in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 5, Paul writes, And the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God and into the patient waiting for Christ. The tremendous need for patience. Do you remember Romans 5, uh, 3 says, Romans 5, 3 we glory in tribulation also, because tribulation worketh patience. In fact, if there's anything we need, is patience. Uh, we don't have patience one with another. Uh, some people learn quickly. Some people learn slowly. Uh, and we, some are mature Christians. Some are immature Christians. Some have been saved for 40, 50 years, and some have just been saved three or four weeks. What a need. All of us are in Christ. And we need to have patience one with another. He's the God of patience. My, how patient God is with me. How patient God is with you. 
I remember one time, if I might just suggest this, having a Bible class for men. And one and one day, a dear man came in. He had come, in fact, with his whole family to our Sunday school. And this dear man had a different doctrine to what we taught. And during the course uh, of the study, he raised a question. Now, before I could answer the question, two or three of the men in the class jumped on him. And one thing led to another, and the result was that this dear fellow and his family never came back to our Sunday school. Well, I don't blame him. I don't blame him. But the next Lord's Day, when we had the Bible class, I just took time to talk to these men about having patience with those who disagree with us. Now, I said it's taken God possibly eight, ten, fifteen years to get you fellows where you are in your knowledge of the Scriptures. And you wanted the other fellow to get there in 10 or 15 minutes. And just because he didn't get there in 10 or 15 minutes, you jumped on him uh, like a ton of bricks. Isn't that true with all of us? It's taken the Lord so long. He's been so patient with us. My, how patient God has been with us. And we've grown a little wee bit at a time. It's taken the Lord a long time to get some of us where we are. And can't we have patience with the other brother with whom God is working? You see, what we need then, the source of Christian fellowship, first of all, is in the God of all patience, which you have here in verse 5. Now, the second thing is in verse 5. He's not only the God of all patience, but he's also the God of all comfort. You see, again, we need encouragement. We not only need endurance, but we also need encouragement so we can comfort others. If you were to read the first chapter, for example, of 2 Corinthians, you'll find how the Apostle Paul said that he had suffered a great deal and so on. What for? That he might be able to comfort those who are in like circumstances. God permits us to go through certain circumstances, certain experiences, sometimes certain afflictions and certain sorrows, in order that we might be a comfort to somebody else who's in the same sort of thing. For example, here's a dear little woman who's had sorrow. Oh, how she's had sorrow. And then she hears of a neighbor who possibly for the first time is having the experience of sorrow. And this dear little woman will go over there and sit down with her and talk to her. And because she has gone through the same experience, she's able to be a a channel of comfort to the other heart. See, friends, sometime, and I say to you Christians, sometime the Lord may may allow you to go through certain afflictions, certain experiences, not just because of yourself, but he wants to use you at some future time in the life of somebody else. And I want to tell you, and I say frankly, it's a, it's a tremendous joy. It comes into one's heart to be able to sit down with someone who's gone through some really, really deep waters, and you've gone through the same waters, and to sit down and to talk with them, and they understand that you've gone through the same experience, and you're talking, talking like someone who knows what they're talking about, that same experience. Sometimes people say, oh, but you just don't know what I'm going through. Nobody's ever gone through what I've gone through. Oh, yes, they have. And God will send into your path somebody who's gone just through the same experiences you've gone through. So you see, my friend, it may be I'm talking to you today, 
and you're going through a great deal of sorrow. It may be that the Lord is permitting this so that at some future time, should our Lord tarry, he may take you as a channel of comfort and of blessing to some dear heart that nobody can touch but you. But you. You see, the Lord never leaves us. He knows exactly how much we can stand. And I'm telling you, it's a great thing to sit down with somebody and when you've gone through the same experiences they are going through, to sit down and understand it and comfort them and encourage them and strengthen them and lead them into a place where the Lord will be glorified. Now, so you have in verse 5, he's the God of all patience, he's the God of all comfort. Now, remember what we're talking about. God himself is the source of all Christian fellowship. He must be the center, not organization, but he personally must be the center. And I said in verse 5, he's the God of patience, and he's the God of all comfort. Now come down to verse 13. And he's also the God of hope. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now I didn't spend time here because we spent some time on this verse in one of our preceding lessons. Uh, as the God of hope, we have joy. We have abounding joy. We have full peace and abounding in hope because Christ Jesus is our hope. And our hope is based, guaranteed by the resurrection of Christ and by the faithfulness of God. Now we come to another one in the chapter. You go right down to verse 33. I'm just sticking in this today because I want you to get this together. In verse 33 where he says, Now the God of peace be with you all. Amen. Now, it's rather remarkable that our Savior is called the God of peace more than anything else in the New Testament. For example, you take chapter 16. Chapter 16. Uh, we come right on down through to verse, verse 20. And the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. And the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. The God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. Now remember that these dear Christians were suffering for the testimony of the gospel. Their opposition was satanic. And so the Apostle Paul, writing to comfort them, to sustain them, to encourage them, said, And the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. He's the God of peace, I say, more than anything else. Take, for example, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 20, where, where we read, Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus Christ, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect in every good work to do his will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory for and ever. Amen. The God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus Christ, that great shepherd of the sheep, make you perfect in every good work. The God of peace shall make you perfect in every good work. And you have it in Philippians chapter 4, verse 9. Now the God of peace be with you. I, I like this. He's the... He's just been talking about the God, uh, the peace of God shall garrison your heart. 
That's experimental peace. Then he adds to that, now the God of peace, the one who gives you peace, the one whose peace guards your heart. Now he says, now the God of peace be with you. You have it in Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 22 to 23 to 24. But the Apostle Paul says, Now the God of peace sanctify you wholly, and I pray God your whole being, spirit, soul, body, be preserved blameless under the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, faithful is he that calleth you, who also will do it. He's the God of peace who guarantees the completion of our salvation. Now let me repeat them again. He's the God of peace in chapter 1533. He's the God of peace who shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. 16 verse 20. He's the God of peace, the great shepherd of his people who will perfect his people unto every good work. In Hebrews 1320. Uh, the God of peace will be with you. In Philippians chapter 4 verse 9. And as the God of peace, he will complete the salvation which he has started where your spirit, soul, and body will be preserved blameless under the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he that calleth you, who also will do it. And remember, he is opposed to all confusion among his people. I think you find this in Corinthians 14.33. God is opposed, the God of peace is opposed to all confusion, anything that will split up and confuse the people of God is not according to the God of peace. What I'm after, my friend, is one thing. The foundation of the fellowship of God's people is anchored in the person of God himself. Is what we have here in chapter 15 of Romans. He's the God of patience because we need endurance. He's the God of all comfort because we need encouragement. He's the God of hope. That's because we need joy and peace. He's the God of peace, guaranteeing the perfecting of God's purpose in his people, guaranteeing the completion of our salvation, and guaranteeing that he will defeat Satan under our feet shortly. And then in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 10, he's called the God of all grace. Do you remember that amazing passage where we have it in 1 Peter chapter 5, where Peter speaks of the fact, now the God of all grace, who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, will perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. The God of all grace is going to make you perfect. He's going to establish you. He's going to strengthen you. And he's going to settle you. He's the God of all grace. And not only so, but he's the eternal God, the everlasting God. Now you find this in Romans 6, 16, 26, where it speaks of the fact if I may read verse 25, Now to him that is of power to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery which was kept secret since the world began, but now is made manifest 
and by the scriptures of the prophets according to the commandment of the everlasting God made known to all nations for the obedience of faith and so on to the only wise God. You see what I'm talking about here is, is the fact that God, the person of God, must be the center of our fellowship. If anything else is the center of our fellowship, then we're going to have confusion. We're not going to have fellowship, period. We're just not going to have fellowship. But when hearts are gathered around the person of Christ, who is the God of all patience and the God of all comfort and the God of all hope and the God of all peace, the God of all grace, the eternal God, oh, friend, this, this knits us together in the person of Christ. And this is what I want you to get at the end of chapter uh, 15 of Romans, because the Apostle Paul, I think, ends his exhortation right here. When you follow on through, he gives a personal testimony. In chapter 16, he takes up the heroes of faith and then closes the epistle. What I would like to get into your heart is that our God is not only the one who has saved us from our sin and covered us with his righteousness and made us the children of God, and the recipients of eternal life. But he's for me every day, every hour of the day. And as one missionary said, every minute of the day, he's the God of patience. I need, I need endurance in testing and trying. He meets my need. He's the God of patience. You see, I need encouragement because uh, things don't go the way I think they ought to go. And I'm surrounded by sometimes by discouragements. So I find that my God is the God of all comfort, and he comforts me and encourages you and me, whatever our circumstances may be. Then he's the God of all hope, and all around us seems to be failing. He's the God of hope, and hence that fills me with a joy and with a peace, and we're going to abound in hope because he's going to perfect that which he has started. And then he's the God of all peace, irrespective of circumstances, confusion around us. God's going to complete the job he has started. Oh, how wonderful to know that he's going to complete that which he has started. And then he's the God of all grace who's going to perfect his purpose in us. And last but not least, he's the eternal God. So we can say with Moses in Deuteronomy 33, 27, the eternal God is your refuge. And underneath are the everlasting arms. My, what a God, what a Savior we have. Christian friend, why don't you get occupied with him? If you look at men, they'll fail you. If you look at leaders, they'll disappoint you. But look at him, he will never disappoint you. The eternal God, the God of peace, the God of all comfort, the God of all patience, the God of hope, is your God. And underneath, are the everlasting arms. Take courage. He will work all things out after the counsel of his own will and perfect in you and me that which pleaseth him. And the Lord bless you today for his name's sake.
could we with ink the ocean feel? And were the skies of parchment made? Were every stalk on earth a quill? And every man a scribe by trade? To write the love of God above Would drain the ocean dry Nor could the scroll contain the whole Though stretched from sky to sky oh, Thank you for listening to the Unchanging Word Bible Study today. And so until next time, this is the Unchanging Word Bible Broadcast. Life begins at Calvary.